I want to welcome those who are also watching on LifeGate Outreach TV and those who are listening to the podcasts um, of this message. The Word of God has complete authority everywhere you hear it. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It never talked about the medium. It never talked about the place. As long as you can hear the Word of God, your faith has the permission to come alive. And so as you are hearing this message, I pray that the faith that God is ordaining for you will come alive in you. In the name of Jesus. We are rounding up our series today on celebrating purposeful gifts and callings. Of course, this is a series that could have gone on for much longer because we can take as many professions as God helps us to consider and um, continue to look at them. But what I just want to keep reminding you is that everything we have done in this series and we're doing with the series is for us to be first thankful of those gifts. We have emphasized the fact that every job that you see there and there's so many more we cannot list there are vocational gifts. They are gifts that God has given to mankind the same way we have spiritual gifts. And so we treasure them and we thank God for everyone who serves in these various roles. That's the first thing. The second thing we want to emphasize about these gifts is how we as children of God can be influences, positive influences, as many of us who work in these sectors, who are IT people, who are engineers, who are lawyers, who are doctors, nurses, all the professions that we've looked at and so many more. As a Christian, the Bible says we are the light of the world and we are the city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. And he said, the Gentiles shall come to the rising of our brightness. So we ought to be the pace setters where we work. We ought to tell our colleagues who are yet to know the Lord how God values what we do and how God is counting on us generally in that profession, but much more how God himself is the one who has given us the ability to do this thing so that more people can be like us, be into the faith like us, and serve God like us. That's the second purpose. The third purpose of this series is so that we can see how every profession has a bearing to everybody. There is something to learn from every profession. I just speak at random now. When we looked at healthcare people and medical people, I gave you an example of a doctor who right in the midst of the Nazis in 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 1941-42 thereabouts was able to influence a Jewish doctor, because he was a doctor, was able to influence one of the key figures in Heinrich Himmler, who was one of uh, 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 Hitler's associates, was able to influence him because of his profession. A gateway to the heart of a king because of his profession. We talked about Esther, just because of her position. Her beauty gave her the position, and the position of the queen made her the opportune one to be able to speak to the king, again, to save the Jews. And so we can see that there is a place where everything that we do has an opportunity for us to learn. We must continue to learn the things that God wants us to learn. We talk about people who are in logistics as people who take time to work out complex processes by putting a plan into place. And we say this relates to our personal lives because we must know how to plan in our lives and how to make sure that our lives is not just lived chaotically on a daily basis at the whim of what comes. 
we must wake up in the morning and strategize and plan our lives effectively. So we can go on and on. Every profession like the three we are looking at today to round this up also has things for us to learn as Christians that we must embrace on our day-to-day lifestyle. So that's our banner and we're looking at sports media and entertainment today by the grace of God. We have been reading our key verses from 2 Peter chapter 1 from verse 10 to 11. Let's read it again. This will be the ninth time we're reading it in this series. Uh, So let us read it passionately to the glory of God. Amen. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Verse 11. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we have explained that so many times. We have a responsibility to make our calling and election sure. I have a responsibility to continue to do uh, the work of ministry by training. I subject myself to a lot of theological training, a lot of other kind of training that will help me to do this work, administrative training, knowing how to relate better with people, and so on and so forth. It is making this particular calling sure. In my engineering world, I attend events and conferences around the world to keep at the top edge of what I'm doing as much as I can. I train myself, I follow people who have things to offer, and we train ourselves just so that we are making our calling and election sure. The same thing as I practice in the world of education as well. So whatever I think God has called you to do, you must understand that it is your responsibility to continue to train yourself, to continue to improve yourself, to continue to make sure that you don't remain stagnant and you don't remain static because it is about making that calling attain what God has ordained it to attain. But you and I are still on a journey. So for us to get there, we must continue to train ourselves and we must continue to improve. But the Bible says when we do that, an entrance will be supplied to us abundantly. Grace is released. Hallelujah. Most people do not understand the simple principle. It is like the principle of Peter walking on water. When he stepped out of the boat, he took his responsibility. But the process of him floating on the water was not his responsibility. I've told you many times, that's God's responsibility. So when you take the steps to improve yourself, God now commits to you supernaturally. And then you find yourself operating in realms that even you yourself would find very difficult to explain. Our three areas of focus today examines the lives and contributions of people who work in a very key area, of some very key areas. These people have a potential to be highly influential. People who work in the sports industry, people who work in the media industry, people who work as entertainers in the entertainment industry. Industry. These are multi-trillion pound enterprises across the world today. Some sports athletes alone, football footballers alone, are worth not just in their own physical worth in terms of what they have, but in, in terms of the game. They are worth hundreds of millions of pounds just to be able to move from club to club. One person. This is how big sports has become in our day and age. And I remember some of the footballers who played when I was a little boy. uh, And they played very well, better than some of these guys now, I tell you. But you see, life was not like that for them. Many of them actually died almost penniless. But you see, things have changed today. You can be on the top of your game and really be very good at it. And this has also brought about a following. In the year 2014, I went on a study tour to Barcelona uh, to look at their smart cities Okay, thank you very much. 
I want to remember that because we were asking them some questions about how they used sports to influence younger people. And they said some of the big characters that they have in that club, we all know that that football club is one of the biggest in the world, they used them to go to schools to inspire children, not just to come into sports, but to get them to, to read, to get them to study. They take unruly children and children that don't want to stay in school, and these footballers take time once a month. They spread them to the schools unannounced. They don't let the children know. So they just go there and they sit down in some of those classrooms and they tell the children how important it is for them to take their education seriously. And they saw that it was working. These are just sports figures. Some of them don't even have as much education as it were. Sports has a big influence that it can play. And we must understand that these people compete in recognized, very competitive fields, track events, and so on. And in many cases, they represent countries, they represent community groups, and they do all these things. And at times, they just basically compete by themselves. But whatever it is, there is always a prize involved. This is one thing we must remember about sports and uh, in linking it to how we as Christians should see ourselves as sportsmen. There is always a prize at stake. There is always an award. There is always a cup. There is always a medal. There is something involved. There is cash prize. There is some prize involved at the end of the day. This is why the Bible makes reference to some sporting activities like wrestling. We were told that Jacob wrestled with the angel. It wasn't supposed to be a competition, but apparently it turned into one because the Bible says he prevailed. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> it turned into one because he won at the end of the day. But then the Bible makes us to understand Paul would use running a lot. He would use the athletes. And this is why we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Those of you listening to this by audio or video, we read a scripture reading today was 1 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 19 to verse 27. And Paul was making a lot of analogies there. And one of the things he said in verse 24, he said, Don't you know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? So you too should run in a way that you may obtain it. Verse 25. He said, and everyone who competes for the price is temperate in all things. Now they do it. The earthly people, the sports people do it for a perishable crown. But we, somebody say we. we. Point to yourself, say we. we. And point to your neighbor, say we. we. That is every one of us do it for an imperishable crown. There is an imperishable crown that is waiting that we must keep contesting for. If we lose sight of the fact that we are in a race, we will go weary and we are likely to stop running. When you see a Christian backslide, when you see a Christian give up the race, give up the brethren, give up the faith, it's because they have forgotten that they are in a race. They start down at a point and they left the track. You and I must understand very clearly that God is expecting us to also keep pushing on for our own imperishable crowns. This is what we must keep learning from sports people. When Paul wrote to Timothy, he said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, he said, And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he does what? Competes according to the rules. Again, it emphasizes to us that there are rules. There are rules that we must follow. Believers must pray. It is a rule. God said, Jesus said, when you pray, say, he expects you and I to pray. It is a rule of the competition. It is a rule that we must study to show ourselves approved. It is a rule that we must read the Bible. We must meditate on the word of God. It is a rule. 
It is a rule that we must fellowship. We must not neglect the assembling together of one another. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25. It is a rule. It is a rule. It is a rule that we must evangelize. Because he said we should go into the world. It was not a suggestion. It was a commandment. It is a rule. He said those who must be crowned will compete according to the rules. Now, we are not being legalistic. We are not saying that those are the things that will get you to heaven. You need to do only one thing to go to heaven. This is the reality. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and maintain that confession of faith and you get to heaven. But there is a crown. There is a crown and there are degrees of crowns for as many who labor and come into the place whereby they traded with the giftings and the talents and the vocations that were given to them. One man in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25 was given one talent. Another one was given two talents. And a third one was given five talents. The Bible says the one with the one went and buried it. The one with the five traded. The one with the two traded and they got more. The Bible says at the end of the day, the the ones that traded, they were commended. They were commended as good and faithful. The one who did not was condemned. You and I will not be condemned. We must understand that we play to the rules. What was the rule he gave them? Go and trade and do business till I come. That was the rule. Jesus, when he left in Acts chapter 1, he said to them, he said, and you shall receive power, verse 8, after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. And so he has given us the power to go and be his witnesses, and we must continue to compete according to the rules. We must continue like athletes who compete for their crowns to compete also according to the rules for our own crowns. May the Lord continue to help us in Jesus' name. I move very quickly to media personnel. These are people who are mostly journalists who basically communicate information through the print media or the electronic media, what we famously now call the social media or the internet. They communicate information to us, and what they say to us helps us a lot. Their work is very vast. It helps us to access many matters of historical importance, many matters of current affairs, many matters of even predictions, financial predictions, business predictions, and uh, predictions of world systems and so on. Journalists and media people are very key. And those of us that are called into this role must understand that we have the opportunity, as is given to us in that profession, to be vocal with what we do. And so we must make the most of it and let our faith come through as much as is possible. But over and above that, we must also understand that there is a contention in that particular sphere of practice. The world system is so corrupted that news is not regarded as news if it is not bad news. And maybe you understand what I'm talking about. So journalists are tripping over themselves to get the next bad news. The next bad news. Because there is always a significant following of bad news. We as the children of God must understand that our task is to keep in the place where we are bringing good news. Where we are making our world understand. Whether we are practicing as media people, as journalists. We all have the opportunity in our day and age to continue to influence the world with the good news. On Friday, those of you that were here, I was talking about the power of the social media today. Now, believers don't engage with some of those things because they think it's carnal. 
A believer will say, why should I be on LinkedIn? God is my greatest connector. Who told you that he's not going to connect you anyway? You be there. Praise the Lord. Why should I be on Facebook? Facebook is for, is for kids or for people who... In fact, my kids tell me that Facebook is no longer for kids. It's for, it's for grown-ups now. <laughs> they are on Snapchat. What's that other one called? <laughs> Those ones that you can't... Uh, you don't go there at all. <laughs> That's where they exist. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you know, these are platforms that have been given by God. Please say with me, by God. Say by God. Say Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Don't stop talking. WhatsApp is from God. It's not from the devil. Believers, please, it's not from the devil. (laughs) Hallelujah. This is what I heard when I was a child. They said radio was from the devil. They said television was from the devil. Some of our parents left it alone. Some of our parents went and threw away their televisions. 30 years later, they bought new ones. <laughs> it's not from the devil. The only problem is that we are leaving it for the devil. When we leave it for the devil, the devil will hijack it. The devil is doing everything he can to take all those spaces. Because when Jesus said, greater works than this we will do. What he's saying is that a time is coming, there will be platforms like this. Where you will put something here now and there's a potential for one million people to see it in under 24 hours. That's what he's saying. Imagine when Jesus taught the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7. Imagine those precious words that he preached on one mountain. Imagine if it was today that he had social media and he could say on his wall, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. And he puts it on his wall. And one million people can read it at the same time. That's more than the hundred thousand that gathered on one mountain. Do you understand what I'm saying now? You need to understand that this is how it works. So you use those things, and I know that there can be abuse and and overuse. I'm not talking about those kind of irresponsible behaviors. I'm only talking about sensible use of your abilities and God-given places. You may not be a journalist, but you can write inspirational texts. You can do things that will inspire people. I put something up many years ago, and a friend of mine or a friend of childhood phoned me from Scotland and said, David, you have just saved my marriage. This was about four years ago. And I said, what happened? I didn't know. He said he didn't want to tell anybody and blah, blah, blah. He now told me the history of everything. And all he said was, I read something on your wall and I said, I'm not going to take that step. You never know. You never know the next person. And this is what we must understand that the media platform is allowing us to do. People are looking for bad news. We need to sanctify our hearts and begin to infuse the right message across the world in cyberspace. Let everyone understand that we must not be a part to those who are spreading the bad news. Jesus, the Bible says to to Isaiah in Isaiah 52 verse 7. He said, how beautiful, Isaiah 52 verse 7, please, very quickly. He said, how beautiful uh, upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings what? Good news. Who proclaims peace? Who brings glad tidings of good things? Who proclaims salvation? Who says to Zion, your God reigns. He wants to be, uh, he wants us to be bearers of good news. So we should use the media. If we're serving as journalists, we should use every opportunity God gives us in the media world to proclaim the good news. 
Even in our personal lives, we must make sure that we are working and striving every day. Listen, friends, the things that you put up many times is not because of you. It's because there are some things that people can learn and some things that can save other people. You and I must continue to be bearers of good news. I say we will be bearers of good news in the name of Jesus. And those of you who are always carried away by people who just post the good, good side of their lives alone, and you are making that a standard. I'm not talking to people in this church because you don't do that. That's why I'm facing the camera. You see somebody always talking about him and his wife, always having a great time, always having a great time, and you are harassing your husband or your wife that see that couple, they're always happy. You need to go and live with them to know that they are not showing you some other side of the whole thing. (laughs) Because there are times that people get carried away with such things, and I have counseled people who have said to me, but I see people having a nice time in their own marriage. Why can't my marriage be like that? And at times they start to refer to people on social media. And I say to them, do you know what? Those people are not always telling you the whole story. I'm not saying everybody's story is bad, but I'm only just trying to tell you, make sure that you can balance what is on there and what you gain from it. Hallelujah. The Apostle Luke was an example of a good writer that we should follow. Luke chapter 1, he said, Verse 1, inasmuch as many have taken to hand, set in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us. Verse 2, he said, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. Amen. It seemed good to me also. Say to me also. This is Luke writing to Theophilus. Having had a perfect understanding of that all the things from the very first to the to write you an oddly account most excellent theophilus verse 4 that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed i use my good offices when he goes to acts chapter 1 verse 1 again he said concerning the former things i wrote you o theophilus luke was demonstrating to us that whatever i have experienced Luke walked with Jesus. Luke walked with Paul. Luke was a man who understood the the life of Jesus and he had the entire biography of Paul with him. And he documented it. And today we are reading the gospel according to St. Luke. And we are also reading the book of Acts, which he wrote. We must understand that it is important that we keep documenting the good news. We keep documenting testimonies. We keep sharing testimonies. We keep making public as much as is reasonable and possible the doings of God. There is enough evil being spread around. And those of us who are of the Lord and who know and have a relationship with God must continue to seek to spread the good news. May God continue to help us in Jesus' name. Finally, we talk about entertainers. Before I conclude today, I just want to quickly talk about entertainers. Entertainers, these are performing artists who use their skills to play music. They use their skills to dance. They use their skills to produce drama. They use their skills to produce movies and films, either on stage, uh, they dramatize either on stage or recorded in movies. Now, amongst so many things, they use this to provide basically amusement and something that gives enjoyment to people. This is why I said it is a big industry. And so there are a lot of musicians today who are singing nothing of sense, but because of the melody of the music and the way the music is presented, people actually 
have, they have a large following. And they can be heavily influential. They can be heavily influential because there are young people who look up to them as idols. They look up to them as a symbol of success. Believers must understand that we need more Christians who will operate from that realm also. More Christians who will be able to say that they are using their gifts to serve God in singing, in producing music that will be good enough for everyone who would normally have just listened to all kinds of music to follow. This is why I used to, and I still, despite all the challenges he's had, and uh, thank God for his life, I used to thank God for men like uh, Kirk Franklin, men like uh, uh, um, uh, Hezekiah Walker, and these artists who took this challenge up in the 90s when it was very difficult, very, very difficult to be less, uh, uh, to, to go contemporary and be less looking religious, if I may put it that way. Uh, and took it upon themselves to take gospel music into the realm of R&B and hard rock and those kind of music that normally would not have been associated with church. We must understand that their influence today has helped thousands and if not millions of people worldwide. And we need more younger people. Now these guys are now older, they're in their 50s, almost hitting 60s. So they're, they're also coming of age. We need younger people who will start again in their 20s who will become entertainers in quote, but they are powerful ministers of the gospel. Bishop T.D. Jakes, I talk about him a lot. Like, like I've always said, no human being is perfect, so when I talk about people, I'm not calling them perfect, but I, I'm recognizing what they do. Bishop T.D. Jakes is a preacher, but he's a movie producer, he's a musician, he's a music producer, and he does all these things for the sake of the gospel. Hallelujah. This and these are gifts that are from God, and we must continue to pray that God will endow us with much more of those. The entertainment industry not only offers the Christians the opportunity to entertain like everyone else, but it gives us that opportunity when we have the audience to minister the word, to impart the good news. And this is what we must seek to do. Every one of us has the potential to be in this aspect of life also. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, some verses we read earlier, verse 19. He said, for though I am free from all men, I don't really have to do this. He said, for I, but I have made myself a what? A servant to all that I may do what? Win them all. Verse 20, verse 20. He said, and to the Jews I became as a Jew that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law. Verse 21. Verse 21. He said, to those who are without law, as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law towards Christ, that I might win those who are without law. I become all things to all men so that I might at least win some. This is what entertainers and particularly those in ministry should be seeking to do. Many of us may understand the power of drama and the power of movies. How many of you have watched a film as a child? And you have done everything you can to get it out of your head, and it's still there. Many, even if you don't want to confess, I know you, are, you, are, you, are, you don't just want to talk because you are in church. When believers are in church, they are like that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The truth is, many of us have those kind of things. You have, you have watched films that have le left a lasting impression because drama and music and these forms of medium have the ability to stick to your memory and inform even a behavior. This is why at times 
you lift up your hand, you want to sing a good song, and some terrible song comes out like, you say, where are you coming from? Get out of here. <laughs> because you sang it for many years when you were a teenager and you were doing the boogies. Yeah? So it's not gone anywhere. <laughs> it did not go anywhere. You only sanctified yourself and separated yourself from it. It's still there. The day you just allow it, it comes in quite quickly. <laughs> you just find yourself singing the reggae and all those things again. So they are so powerful. And this is why we must be very serious in making sure that the word of God is coming through these ways. This is why it is important for us to see even Jesus Christ himself use parables. Because he knows that to tell people the parable of the sower, for example, is just to say the word of God is preached. If you have a good heart that is receptive, will take it. If you don't, if you have a stony heart that is rebellious, it will not take it. If you have a heart that is exposed to all kinds of influences, you may take it, but it will be choked. He could have just said that and moved on, but he gave it in a parable. The Bible says, and he spoke to them yet another parable. He said, the, 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 the word of God, the kingdom of God is like a farmer. And then they begin to picture a farmer. Who goes out to sow a seed? And they begin to picture. That's what a farmer does. Nobody forgets such a story. And then a time came, he now said to them, you know what? The farmer is God. The, word, the, the seed is what? The word of God. He said, all those places are the hearts of men. And he began to explain. Another time he wanted to talk. He said, there was another parable. He told them about the prodigal son. He said, a man had two sons. Nobody forgets such stories. This is why we must understand the place of drama. And this is why I'm still trusting God that in this church we will have a vibrant drama ministry. I thought you would put your hands together for that. <laughs> I will be the first actor and director in it. So I'm waiting for more members to come and join us. The power in drama you cannot imagine. Drama has the potential to, to save souls Films, gospel films have the potential to make you remember stories. And I want you to encourage, I want to encourage you that if God is calling you into any of those things, don't wait until you become uh, signed on by some big label. Just start from where you are. Somebody say from where you are. And go for it because these things help us. He said, I became all those things so that I can at least win some. God expects us to learn a lot from all these people, whether they are sportsmen and women, media personnel, entertainers. God expects us to learn from them. Particularly, we must learn the following things, and I'm going to close on this. We must learn humility. We must learn about their focus and discipline. We must learn about their teamwork. Sports people make the team, uh, use teamwork efforts to make success. We must learn about teamwork from them. We must learn also that there are so many things that they teach us in terms of how we must be committed to what we are doing. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul said those words in verse 22 now. Let's go to verse 22 and 23. He said, To the weak I became as weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means do what? Save some. Amen. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Let's read verse 20. This is talking about humility. Verse 22. Becoming all things to all men. Verse 22 again, please. Is humility. Many of us do not look at the things we ought to do because some of it we feel is too, is too small to us. 
Why should I go and stand in the street and give out flyers to people? I'm, 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 a, I'm too big for that. <laughs> you humble yourself. To the weak, I became weak. Why should I have to act in a drama and behave foolishly, act like a madman? Don't they know I've got a PhD in, in, in DHE? <laughs> to the weak, become as a weak man. If you must dress like a homeless person, to minister the word to a homeless person, you put on the gown to show the person that this is what it is. Then you become it. Just to be able to at least save some. Access. We need to understand. It takes humility. This is one thing that entertainers tell us. This is what they do. And particularly those who are ministering the word of God. Number 20, number verse 23. He said, now this I do for the gospel's sake. For the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker of it with you. That is focus. The whole essence of this is for the gospel's sake. Why do we subject ourselves to this kind of thing? For the gospel's sake. How will you do all you are doing? Nobody is giving you a dime of money or a penny of money for it. But for the gospel's sake. Many people have asked me that question. How do you do it? How do you commit to so much thing when there is no pay to it? I say for gospel's sake because the pay is not directly as a result of you giving me the money. Of course, if you do that, it's good. I'm not going to discourage you. Praise the Lord. But it's not for the sake of you doing it, but for the one who called to reward. Hallelujah. For the gospel's sake that I may be a partaker of it with you. If you have this focus, it changes. You see, athletes, they said when David Beckham was in his playing days, this would be almost 20 years ago now, time flies so much. <laughs> David Beckham was, was obviously, undoubtedly, one of the best sport kick takers ever. No, no, no doubt in that, you know, in his playing days. But the day I heard that he kicked 500 sport kicks every day in his playing days, I said, no wonder. Focus, focus, focus. And the whole world became his stage. If you don't understand the place of focus and you are thinking about things that will distract you first, you will never ever get to what God wants you to be. This is what athletes teach us. This is what sports people teach us. Paul said, now I do this for the gospel's sake. Go straight to verse 26. He said, therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air. Again, I am result-oriented. I want to see the results of what I'm doing. I want to commit in such a way that I'm seeing results. Many times, I will come into this building by myself, kneel down here and pray, and pray, and pray. And I thank God for the many things he has shown me because I know that I, am, I don't want to run as one who beats the air. I want to run with certainty. And then he assures me, son, keep going. That's where you find the energy. If you don't know how to go before him, we heard from Dr. Keith this morning. He was very, very emphatic and very helpful in reminding us that if we don't have that personal time, in this church we pray in the spirit a lot. We pray in the spirit. Every day, Monday to Friday, we pray 10 minutes, we pray 5 minutes, we pray on Sunday, we pray a lot. Corporately, but individually we must learn how to pray. When you pray in the spirit by yourself, some things drop into your spirit, man, that change your life forever. God gives you assurance of your focus. He tells you, son, I am with you. 
Hallelujah. Paul said, I run doors, not with uncertainty. We must keep running, contributing to the teamwork. Great servant of God, John Maxwell, told us, of course, teamwork makes the dream work. You know that phrase, I'm sure, very well. The dream will work because the team is working. And the team will work because we are all contributing to the team. How many of you have ever imagined a football team? Everybody's waiting for them to come out of the dressing room and then they come out and then suddenly they look in the goalpost. The goalkeeper is nowhere to be found. And then they call him and say, well, oh no, the team is fine. They will carry on without me. <laughs> no, they can't carry on without you because you are the man to make sure the balls, balls don't go into the goals. Everybody has a role and we must keep contributing to the team. May the Lord continue to help us. Finally, verse 27, we are going to read this together. He said, but I discipline my body and bring it to subjection, least when I've preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. In discipline is going to disqualify many people. That is why the Bible says, he that thinks he stands, let him take heed, least he falls. Every day, evaluate yourself. Paul said, examine yourself to see if you are in the faith. This is a race that you wake up every day. To examine yourself. Unfortunately, we have too many Christians today who are evaluating others and only talking about others. Instead of concentrating on your own life and seeing how you are building yourself up. Hallelujah. I talked about the power of the social media space. We should use it to encourage one another. Christians are using social media today to argue things that even unbelievers will not argue about themselves. They argue on doctrinal issues. They argue about ministry and things and confuse the people who are even trying to come into the faith. They say, if this kind of religion is confusing the people we need like this, why do I bother myself? <laughs> I better stay with the, with the godless nature that I have or the Allah or whoever it is I serve. Because these people who say they, they love Jesus, they're always fighting on social media. <laughs> May God deliver us in Jesus' name. May God help us to proclaim this world across the world as he has commanded us in the name of Jesus. Let's rise to our feet and just appreciate it.